As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait. Welcome into the Can't Wait podcast. I'm Marissa Dunn filling in for the great Tim McMaster today. I am joined by our Jets beat writer here at The Athletic, Zach Rosenblatt. Zach, Joe Burrow and the 0-2 Bengals head to MetLife Stadium this weekend as the Jets look to make it two in a row. If I had said that to you back in July when you first joined the beat, what would you have thought? Oh, my God. Yeah, I I mean, you wouldn't have believed it for sure. Uh, that's just the NFL, though. It's just, it's like such a week to week league. Uh, but yeah, you know the the, the Bengals are zero two. They're they're like I I tweeted this uh, yesterday. Like it feels weird going into a week where the Jets aren't the team that's panicking. Like the fan base in Cincinnati is panicking right now, and they just right. went to the Super Bowl. And so they're I mean they're gonna get the questions until they start picking it up. If like last year was a fluke, um, I mean the the fans don't care if it was a fluke. They got to go to the like Jets fans would take one Super Bowl run for. A, a miserable year after that <laughs> i think they would trade a lot for that but um yeah it's uh it, it's it's cool cover i mean i've only been on this beat for a little bit but it's cool coming out of a you know victory monday and and having a positive locker room this week and not having to ask questions about um you know all the all the bs from week one and receipts and all that stuff like we get to actually just talk about the game which we're here to do today plus some other right. fun stuff Yes, yes, we have uh, a lot to get to today. We're going to talk about the star of week two, Garrett Wilson. Plus, you sat down with our Bengals writer, Jay Morrison, so we have a clip of that conversation. We'll also get into the key matchups of the game, and we're going to answer some listener questions. So if you're live in the chat right now, send them along, and I will look through them. Um, We also, of course, have our Can't Wait Picks at the end of the show. Um, First, you wanted to touch on this photo of Michael Clemens that came across this week. Um, (laughs) All right, so if, if you're watching... If you're listening to this on audio, you'll you'll have to either go to Andy Vasquez's Twitter or pull this up on YouTube. But this was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, so Andy and I were at practice yesterday, and we only really get to see the beginning of practice. But uh, it was warm up, so it was pretty warm yesterday. It's been a little chillier lately, uh, but it was like 80 degrees out, and we see Michael Clemens in this full outfit, but the hood is like obscuring his eyes the whole time. Um, and it's just like so. Like Andy tweeted, he had a better photo, so I let him get the get the photo out. Um, and everybody's been calling him like a Sith Lord because of the way he looks. <laughs> and I, I one fan tweeted at me when I uh, when I quoted, he said that 
Michael Clemens smells fear, so he doesn't need his eyes. I love it. I love yeah, it. I, I'm a, wondering if a Joe Burrow saw this photo heading into this. And he's he's just um, one scary dude. I'm I'm he hasn't really done that much through two weeks, but I'm convinced he's gonna be good. Like I can't I can't believe yeah. Um, yeah. He did that. But yeah, it's uh I'm <laughs> it I I don't know. I don't know what to say, but that that's like I maybe you can address this because you're you you know, Michael, like why do football players like when it's hot out, they'll wear too much clothes and when it's cold out, they'll wear like not enough. And I I just never have understood it. <laughs> So, so that's an interesting, I think it's depends on the position because mm. the offensive linemen, whether it's hot or cold, they cannot wear any sleeves underneath. Mm, cause because, guys will like pull on it or whatever. Yes. That is like, it is like the unwritten rule if you're an offensive lineman, but defensive linemen have a different mindset and a lot of them like the sleeves. So I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe that's a story. Um, yeah, seriously. The, the one that always, this is less bad than the cold when you see those do i mean i guess it maybe just adrenaline when they're like out there but like right. the short sleeves the sh like they don't have like pants on. like i don't I, i'm like dying walking to the press box and I'm, I'm a little baby but um, <laughs> I, I don't know F football players are a different breed i guess but <laughs> yes yes um speaking of a different breed you also um have this big debate going on on twitter about hot coffee iced coffee <laughs> this is getting a little out of hand um <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Where do you want to go with this? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, all you have to know is who's on what side. I am on the side that iced coffee is better than hot coffee, and Connor Hughes is on the other side of it. And so if, if you want to be on the side of Connor Hughes or do you want to be on the right side of history is the question I have for people. <laughs> I, I, I love some iced coffee. I was just thinking about it the other day because I got some hot coffee because it was a little chillier out. And I'm like, it's just not as good. I don't know what people are talking about. I like all coffee is good in my eyes, but well, when you, I prefer when I started iced. When I started the show with the O and two joke and Bengals coming in town and the Jets are going for the second win, I thought you were going to turn that into a Connor Hughes joke. So you know, we I mean, the, we know our YouTube listeners love when we mention. It's Connor. very easy to joke about. I mean, so, it, it is a yeah. fact that Connor was not at the game and they won. So and right. he's going to be at the game right. this week. So if you're if you want to factor that into your to your bets, um, yeah. you know, he's going to be at practice today. Something bad mm. probably going to happen. I don't know. Oh jeez. <laughs> well, while while we have that on this on the topics, there was also a lot of YouTube comments about. Why I was not on the previous mm. podcast. Yes. I'm a big girl. I was okay after the loss. Um, it was actually the professional and ethical thing for me to not be part of that conversation or the preview conversation. So I, I just want to say thanks to all the people that missed me so much. So yeah, no, we have, we have Michael Clemens on retainer for anyone who yeah. keeps on a, a, having some mean comments in the in yeah YouTube, yeah. So, so <laughs> I I was trying to do the correct thing because I have such a personal yes. connection to the conversation. So. And it's, a one, and it's obviously a one-time thing. Talk. We're not, we don't have to deal with the Browns anymore. So yes, we're good. <laughs> yes. Yes. My journalism professors, I think at, at the great university of Maryland, Philip Merrill oh, college of journalism <laughs> would be proud. I never, right, I never so, speaking of real quick, speaking of Maryland, I, don't, I never told you this actually. I, when I, when I was coming out of high school, I wanted to go to Maryland because I, I, wow. I visited it and I like loved it, but, I had, bad, but I had bad grades in high school, so I couldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I went to Arizona where they say yes to most people. <laughs> Hey, well, we all ended up at the same place, so exactly that, that's yeah. all that matters, right? Hard work. Exactly. All right, so I teased a lot of the conversations we have to get to today, but first we have to start with the quarterback position because there was a lot of talk this week after Flacco's impressive outing as Zach Wilson inches close to returning. What will the Jets do? Robert Sala was asked if Wilson will start when he's healthy, and he said, quote, he is the future of the organization. As soon as the doctors clear him, we'll get him on the field. What do you make of Sala's comments? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, you know, Robert Sala 
as he would even admit, has, you know, put his foot in his mouth on a few occasions where he's he's either spoken too soon or he's, you know, shot from the hip as he always does. I think this happened even last year with the Mike White stuff. Um, right. You know, Mike White had that great game and all the, everybody in town is obsessed with him. They're asking the questions of if he's the quarterback of the future, not Zach Wilson. And and then Salah doesn't like, you know, shut them down, which, you know, he's doing his gamesmanship thing. In reality, the organization always believe in Zach over Mike White. Um, right. And so he he he's he's taking the method of fully resisting doing anything like that. Um, everybody's going to parse every single thing he says now, just because that's the way it goes. So he was asked he was asked that question. He was asked the question that he was asked was um, if Joe Flacco keeps playing the way he did in week two, uh, like are you are you going to be more? Is it going to be harder to go back to Zach Wilson? Like if you're winning and and mm-hmm. then you have to go back to Zach and and he just kind of said when Zach's healthy he is you know he is the future and when he's healthy he'll be on the field. That's like kind of a non-answer. And then there was a follow up that was phrase pretty similar and he and he basically answered the same way um it's gonna be very interesting i think it's kind of it's probably a wait and see you know they're gonna they're gonna play the bengals on Sunday. everybody's assuming it's right. gonna look like it did last week there's no guarantee it would joe flacco there's they're like there's a reason why he was like two and 16 in his last 18 starts before the browns game um right. so i it's probably wait and see if he has goes out and has a great game on sunday and they're two and one going into that steelers game I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be a very interesting discussion. But Zach Wilson is going to be this team's starting quarterback. I'm I'm curious about when that is. I, I think it's still gonna be the Steelers game, but it's a very it's in typical Jets fashion, it's probably gonna be a controversy next week. Flag will probably have a good game, and then this is all anybody's gonna want to talk about, and then whatever Solid does is gonna be the wrong thing. So uh, yeah. in their eyes. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see how it plays out. Yeah. I'm getting flashbacks to last year with the Mike White situation. Yeah, and, and it's perfect that it's the Bengals, actually. Yeah, that's, a, that's right. a good point. Because so if it happens again, it's the Bengals where he has to answer those questions again. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the reasons Flacco did look so good last week was Garrett Wilson. And you wrote this in your story this week, and this was just crazy to me. Wilson finished with eight catches, a game-high 14 targets for 102 yards and two touchdowns. Through two weeks when Wilson is on the field, Flacco has a 102.5 passer rating per True Media. And it's 63.8 when Garrett Wilson is not on the field. What has been the reaction to the rookie's performance this week in the locker room and and just around one Jets drive? Yeah, I, I you know, I mean, it's I haven't really experienced this much in my career where a guy just like blows up. I mean, it happens because it's New York. It happens fast here. If a guy has a great game and they've been so starved for a good receiver. So he he went off and now he's like the most popular guy in town right now. I don't yeah. think he can do any wrong. Yeah. I've been very impressed with him at like personality. Like I was talking to him in the locker room yesterday. He's just like a normal kid. And I know that doesn't, that shouldn't, that maybe that doesn't seem like a big deal, but a lot of times with these high draft picks, like they really don't come across that way. And he just seems so normal. He'll talk to anybody who comes up to him. Um, he think he has the right mindset and all, all that's to say, like, I get the sense that nobody was surprised by what he did. I know. Right. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I believe that 100% because I think he was better quicker than anybody realized. And I think he definitely had his struggles like in camp and stuff. Uh, but the talent is just like so evident and this, the ceiling is sky high for this guy. And uh, I mean, Jets fans would be very excited. They have, you know, I, I was going through uh, for my story, like looking at all the receivers they've drafted in the top three rounds over the last decade. And it's it's not a very good. <laughs> I mean, Elijah yeah. Moore leads that group in in receiving yards. And there were guys that were drafted like way early, like Stephen Hill. Uh, I should I should have wrote it down because there were some there were some rough ones, um, but th- they they have a legit stud there I think I, and I know it's early you know he's probably not you know teams are going to start focusing on him more and he's not going to have dominant games every week but maybe it opens things up for Elijah Moore and all that but yeah it's, you know he's he's all of a sudden become 
you know, like the face of this offense with Zach Wilson out. And I'm just very curious to see how his rookie year plays out because the talent is there for him to have a very, very good season. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the Justin Jefferson comparisons yeah. too. I think Jets fans would really, and I think that says a lot coming from you know a lot of a lot of his teammates made that comparison. Yeah, Tyler right? Conklin played with Justin Jefferson right. in Minnesota too, and yeah, that that's and and I think a, a very positive thing about him was like you know I I asked him yesterday uh, at the podium because uh, he he's he's known for like being very hard on himself. Like in camp when you'd have a drop, like you'd see him like flipping out at himself on the sideline, and so. I'm like, you know, everybody's focused on all the great stuff you did, but other than the drop, like, was there stuff that you noticed that you want to improve on and all that? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I, I don't even watch any of my good plays. I only watch the bad ones. Um, yeah. And he's like, there's many plays where I could have been more open. And I actually think there was a couple plays where Flacco didn't hit him when he was open and he could have had like even more than he already did. So um, I, I'm, I'm very encouraged by him. And he has a skill set that like, even if he gets a lot of attention and they have people helping, he, he's so athletic that he can kind of make plays happen anyway. So um yeah, so, so yeah, people are saying like Garrett Wilson is him. That's been the it's been the phrase that like the, I think the Jets tweeted something like that, and people have been all about that. And um, yeah, I, I he he has he has the personality, the talent, and all of that uh, to to just be a, an, an elite player. And and I know the Jets haven't had a lot of guys where they come in this early, and you can say that. So yeah, well, hopefully the other Wilson, you know that that yeah. same thing happens and you got Wilson to Wilson. It is going to be it is going to be interesting when when they come back cuz Garrett hasn't yeah. really gotten that much time with him so it's that's right. going to be very very fascinating. Yeah. Well, we um I'm also the producer for the Prospects to Pros podcast with Andy Staples and mm -hmm. Dane Brugler, which is our intersection between college football, the draft and the NFL. So we've been uh looking a lot at rookies so far throughout the first 2 weeks of the NFL season. So we did talk a lot about Garrett Wilson. So if you want to hear more about Garrett Wilson. It's on the Athletic Football Show feed with Andy Staples and Dane Brugler. So definitely check that out. Well, we're going to get into week three. We have a great conversation with our Bengals writer, Jay Morrison, after the break. And we will also get to our picks. We will also get to some mailbag and so much more. So we will be right back after this with our conversation with Jay Morrison. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So, I mean, what's the what's the mood there this week? I mean, how different is the narrative right now if if they don't stage that in, incredible comeback? It is crazy, like two minutes to change how everybody feels because yeah. fans were already so mad after that week one game where they just kept making mistake after mistake and everybody was doing the whole same old Jets thing, which is why Robert Sala went and said his receipts comments that everybody mm -hmm. started mocking and um, you know, I, I think they've said all the right things in the aftermath. They, you know, everybody's talking about this is just one game and, you know, just because they won doesn't mean this and that and they have a lot to right. correct and all that stuff. But, um, 
yeah, you know, it, it is funny. Like I, they, they, they were making a lot of the same mistakes throughout that game. And then everything just kind of turned at the end there. And, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about how good Joe Flacco is and, you know, the story is Garrett Wilson and, and uh, the way they came back and, you know, their resolve and all that stuff. And, and now all of a sudden the fan base is confident again in this team. So it's, it's very interesting that we're we're sitting here in week three and the, the Bengals are the 0-2 team in this yeah. discussion because I don't think anybody saw that coming. The Bengals are very familiar, not maybe not this group, but Bengals fans are very familiar with Joe Flacco, but he hasn't played the Bengals since Marvin Lewis was the coach. I think 2018 wow. was the last game. Um, He's 37 now. What? How has he looked both in the preseason and, you know, I mean, you said he played well. Uh, last week but in the opener against the Ravens what what have you seen from Flacco so far you know it's it's kind of what you would almost expect you know maybe he's even he still has a little more arm strength than you would think for a 37 year old but he's just very robotic and slow so if the if mm -hmm. the pocket breaks down and he's holding on to the ball too long bad things happen um and that's what happened in week one he was holding on to the ball too long with the, the offensive line was not playing well this last week they made a concerted effort to get the ball out of his hands quickly middle of the field took a few more deep shots downfield and just generally he was operating a little smoother and, and doing what he's good at, which is getting the ball out quick, getting into the, in on screens and into the flat, you know, finding a guy like Garrett Wilson who can make plays after the catch. So I, I, I think that's kind of the key with him. If they're moving quickly, if the offense is doing quick throws, like they're not going to have many, you know, most of their drives when they score are going to be long drives and that they're fine with that. Just kill the clock as much as you can. Uh, and I think they're going to, they're going to try and do that with the Bengals too. Um, and so that, that that's what it comes down to. Like he's not a guy that's going to be able to obviously evade a pass rush. And so if if a pass rush is killing that offensive line, they're in a lot of trouble. And so there there are some limitations with what he can do, but they also like his ability to just run the offense and do what he's supposed to, as opposed to someone like Zach Wilson, who's still developing ability to do what he's told. And yeah. a lot of his you know skills are like you know on the playground and improvising and stuff like that. Like Joe Flacco is not going to improvise. He, they're going to tell him where to go, and he's going to go there. And you mentioned that pass rush could be, could be effective against Flacco. I mean, the, the, the Bengals pass rush kind of taking cover under these offensive woes. They have not got that pass rush going. So maybe maybe facing a, a, a statue like quarterback like Flacco can help get the, the sacks and the pressures a little more. Um, I'm going to go with a different segue here because Flacco's a guy Bengals fans are familiar with. So is CJ Uzama. Mm -hmm. Um what are his chances of playing this week? I know a lot of Bengals fans would like to see him out there. He was a, a fan favorite here in Cincinnati. Um, but wh where is he at with that hamstring injury? Yeah, right. Salah said yesterday that it'll be right up until the game again, which isn't a okay. good sign if he's saying that on Monday. So I, I would guess he doesn't play. And it's unfortunate because week one, they didn't really get on the ball very much. And he didn't play as much. It was mostly Tyre Conklin. And then he hurt his hamstring, I think, later in the week in practice. And so it seems like it's going to be a week to week thing, which is unfortunate because they they really they brought him in because they wanted to really solidify their tight end position, which has been terrible for a long time. And he hasn't really had a chance to get going yet. A little bit of overkill there, isn't it? I mean, they signed Conklin, they they signed CJ Uzama, they they bring back their starter from last year, and then they draft a tight end in the third round. I, I, is it just a is this a tight end driven offense? What, what what's going on there with that plan? Well, I, I think they're just trying to take as many shots as they can because they've been truly yeah. bad at tight end, and it hasn't looked good through a couple of weeks, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, you know, I I think they do like the idea of running a lot of twelve personnel, being able to run mm -hmm. the ball more, uh, and just have like a couple of tight ends in CJ and uh, Tyler Conklin, who are both like quality blockers and just solid pass catchers in theory. So they just want reliable guys there. And uh, I mean, it hasn't really been that way so far, but I think they like. That, that combination they have there yeah another another guy that got away uh Carl Lawson and I think a, a lot of Bengals fans are really 
upset to see what happened to him. I mean, he's, he, he went through, he went through an ACL here, um, and and recovered from that. And then was a a guy, a lot of people wanted the Bengals to re-sign and bring back and they really didn't make an effort. They went after Trey Hendrickson instead that worked out really well. Uh, but it it looks like Lawson's off to a, a pretty good start already through two games. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was really unfortunate last year because they they obviously paid him a lot of money to come in and right. like be their guy as a pass rusher and to tell your Achilles in the preseason like he, he made his debut with this team this year essentially mm-hmm. and he's it's a three year contract so it's not ideal for anybody you know I, he looked really good in training camp I think there there's been some ups and downs so far I think last week um, he he did have that he split a sack with Quinn and Williams and he got some pressure later in the game but it it took him a little while to get going and i think you're, you're saying it's taken him a little they do they do rotate a lot so he doesn't i think he only plays like something like 50 percent of the snaps because they rotate okay. a lot um so maybe it's harder to get into a groove but i think they're really trying to ease him back and get him back to where you know to being the guy that you guys saw a couple of years ago in cincinnati and i mean a lot of what they can do is relying on him you know that they don't really blitz a lot and they really rely on the front four to get pressure mm-hmm. and the, the front four has not gotten enough pressure so far so it they really need him against the Spangles team, which, as you obviously know, has given up a lot of pressure and sacks and all that yeah. stuff. If he's ever going to come back to earth, I'm sure he would love it to be against his old team. <laughs> yeah. um, so this is going to be a big week for him. I think we, we they need to see him you know, be that dominant pass rusher that they paid. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he can certainly get there. The talent is certainly there, but he's he hasn't really quite hit that mark yet. Yeah, the big issue with him, I mean, he was the king of pressures. He just yeah. struggled to finish. He, yeah. he, I mean, he was always back there, and there was just so many – woulda, coulda, shoulda sack. So it'd be interesting to see if he, if he can finish a one or two off against Joe Burrow the way everybody else has yeah. that's gone against Joe Burrow this year. Um, one more Cincinnati connection. I know a lot of our listeners are probably interested in the, the first round pick out of UC, the, the former Bearcat Sauce Gardner. Mm. Um, how, how has he looked as just filling right in as a starter right off the bat? Yeah, honestly, he's, I've talked about this a lot on our podcast. Um, can't wait since, since training camp. Uh, I, he's impressed me as, as much as any rookie like I've I've yeah. covered honestly I get both in terms of his personality and his confidence and the skill level and the physicality the athleticism like it's just a, he's just really great com- combination of all those things and I think throughout camp I never really saw him get beat one-on-one at any point uh teams weren't even targeting him in the preseason I, in week one he looked really good uh, he had a great pass breakup on Mark Andrews and so they were they trusted him enough to put him on a guy like Mark Andrews who the mm-hmm. Ravens are obviously going to throw the ball to and he had a really great pass breakup on him where he wasn't even facing the ball and knocked it down he, there there has been some miscommunication on the back end uh, and that led to a touchdown both last week and this week I don't necessarily think that's all his fault but there's clearly something there that maybe he's a rookie and he's still learning some some of the play calls and stuff like that but I'm, I, I think his ceiling is is extremely high he has the ability to be a shutdown corner and they have a, a great cornering the other side and DJ Reed. So mm-hmm. uh, there, there's even less pressure on him to like, just cover the best receiver on the other team every week. So I, uh, he, he's on the right track to being like a, a legit star cornerback, I think. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask about that. I mean, the, the Bengals have not seen a lot of man coverage this year. Obviously the teams got burned by Jamar chase by with that over and yeah. over last year. Um, I'm sure the jets aren't just going to go complete zone. It, when they do go, man, do you, is sauce a guy that would, would follow Jamar Chase, or do you think they would just play sides and wherever Jamar lines up, it's either going to be Reed or Sauce? Yeah, I, I I think they believe in both Reed and Sauce to such a degree they they've even described it as Robert Sala said like we can put both of them on an island. So I I don't hmm. think they feel like they need to make those guys travel. They feel like DJ Reed can get the one side, and they think that Sauce Gardner can cover the others. And so far, that's been true. You know, Mari Cooper had a pretty good game. He he was a little too open in the middle of the field. 
that's kind of the area where I imagine the Bengals will try and attack with with Jamar, um, especially because the safeties have been a real issue so far. So, um, yeah, I would I would be surprised if they traveled, but obviously Jamar Chase is also a unique player, and he's better than any receiver they've got against so far. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, another big-time receiver uh, taken early, um, Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State product. Uh, how has he looked so far? I know, he, what, he got his first touchdown last week. Um, how's he... How's he coming along? Is uh, I, I think there's some parallels there between him and Jamar Chase from their rookie yeah, training yeah, camps. Yeah, I, wanted, I even wanted to ask you about that because, you know, it's funny. Dur during camp, Garrett, Will Garrett Wilson was making plays. You could see the athleticism and the talent was there, but he was having a lot of drops, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. mistakes in that way. And I know, obviously, that was like the whole thing with Jamar Chase last year and his whole quote with like the, the football being weird or whatever it was, and everybody latched on to that. Then, obviously, he had the season he did. Um I mean, he, he was pretty stellar in week two, uh, like to a degree that I, I was really blown away by. His, his route running is remarkable. He's not like a huge guy. I think he's listed at like 6'1", uh, but he's athletic, so athletic that he plays way bigger than his size. And his he uses that athleticism. Like he was juking guys in the line of scrimmage and creating space for himself. And he makes plays after the catch. He can He's fast enough to go downfield. Um, and so like it, this felt like the moment where everybody realized how good he was. So I, I was curious when like you, you, you realized that last year with Chase because um, – I, I thought Garrett Wilson, I thought it was gonna I thought he was gonna make plays throughout the year, but I thought we wouldn't see like this version of him until later in the season. And now I'm like convinced that he's a number one receiver already. So um, yeah, I, I was curious when like the moment was for you last year with Jamar Ch Chase, where you're like, okay, this guy's special. Yeah, I I maybe the opener. I, I think where it really clicked was the the week three game against Pittsburgh where they can't do anything at all, and then Burrow throws one up for him and he he wins one-on-one. -on -one. He basically catches the back half of the football in the end zone, um, totally flips the script, which we saw a lot early on. It was – even through all the struggles, and, and the, I think the comments got blown out about yeah, it. Yeah. Talk about the college balls with the white stripes, and he was just – someone asked him what the difference was, and he yeah, pointed yeah. it out, and then all of a sudden people were all making All the context it was lost, yeah. Yes, which happens a lot yeah, yeah. on Twitter. And, um, <laughs> but – it, it never felt like, oh, this guy might not be what they thought he was. Mm -hmm. It was always a matter of, okay, this these drops aren't going to define his career, but he's got to get it figured out pretty yeah. quick. And then it was pretty remarkable because so many of his drops were on easy passes. And even they gave him three snaps in the preseason, and they the one pass that Joe Burrow threw was a, a wide receiver screen right to him, drops it. And then you're <laughs> like, okay, what is going on? Yeah. The first pass, first target in the opener was one he had to really go get, and he did, and he made a great catch along the sideline. And I think that's right when it clicked, like, okay, that's that's the guy you expected to see. And I think it let him exhale too and be like, okay, it's just football like I've known it. And then a couple of drives later, they hit a big bomb touchdown, which kind of defined his season. And so I, I – it was kind of what you expected in the opener, but it was, I think it was that week three game against Pittsburgh where it was like, Oh wow, this, yes, this guy, cause he, he caught a, he caught a long one in week two also, but that was, they were blown out and the, the bears were kind of laying back. And mm. so, you know, three straight games with a touchdown, all of them long ones. And you're like, okay, you can see now why he's the number five overall pick in the draft. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I mean, it sounds like Wilson kind of had that game last week where you get, you kind of get off the schneid, you have the big game and then you just, not hit the ground running, but you just you become what you everyone expected you to be. Um, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, no, no, you're good. But like it's, it's something similar happened with him this even this last week where he had a bad drop. It was on third down in the I think it was the fourth quarter. I'm blanking right now. Um, 
it was third down in in uh in the Browns territory. He dropped it, it would have been a first down. They had to like punt it away or whatever. Uh, and he thought he cost them the game at that point. Like he was really worried mm. about that. And then obviously all the craziness happens. They get the ball back. Then he makes a great play on that touchdown pass. And you know, it's not like anybody was going to blame him or anything like that. But so I think that that that's going to be a big turning point for him too. Where you know he he's someone that's really hard on himself. Uh, like I, I noticed that in camp, like he would make a drop, he would come to the sideline cursing and like mm-hmm. ready to throw his helmet. Like even after he made a bunch of plays, he'd have a drop and he'd take it really personally, which is, isn't the worst tribute to have. But I think w- week two was a good sign that you know he can bounce back from those mistakes pretty quickly. And I think that's a, that's a pretty good sign of like a receiver who is is going to be pretty good. I think too. Thanks to Jay Morrison for having you on the Hear That Podcast yeah. Growling Podcast. So if you want to hear more about the Bengals, you can check that out. So, Zach, let's get into this this matchup. I first want to know, do you think Mike White is giving Joe Flacco any pointers this week before <laughs> he sees that Bengals defense? <laughs> yeah, man, it, it is crazy to think that he what happened with him last year. Like his jersey is literally in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like a cult hero around here. That's why people were like, people have calmed down with the uh, Mike White needs to start talk, but um, but that yeah, will it, still forever be yeah up yeah there yeah for Jets fans yeah as it should yeah yeah I mean I was it's it's just crazy especially with what the Bengals became after that it's it's right, especially right. crazy but yeah um, yeah you know I, it is this will be a topic for next week if Flacco has a good game but there is something to be said about how it seems like all the non Zach Wilson quarterbacks are the ones that have had the best games in Michael Flores offense even Josh Johnson. Uh, yeah. had a good game last year so that if that happens again Sunday and then Zach comes back and isn't like that like then we can start thinking about you know if oh he's no good fit for it. yeah I mean <laughs> yeah. that's a that's a hypothetical down the line we don't need let's to do cover that. our <laughs> ears for that one yeah yeah so what are the key positional matchups that you are watching heading into this game and what fans should pay attention to on Sunday yeah um well a big one is going to be Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, the D line against the Bengals O line. Right. Uh, the pass rush hasn't quite been there. We got a lot of questions about the pass rush. Um, it they just have not gotten gotten the quarterback down. John Franklin Myers said, you know, we got we got to finish the, the pressures and um, you know they they do a four man rush a lot of time. They don't really blitz the Jets, and so they really need those guys up front to to get pressure. And you know the Ravens and Browns are unique in that they're both very run heavy teams. Uh, the Bengals aren't quite that, and they also are known for giving up a lot of sacks. So th- th- if there was ever a week for this defensive line to kind of make an impact, I, I would say this is it. Um, the other matchups would be whoever's on Jamar Chase, so DJ Reed or Sauce Gardner. I, Chase is going to move all over the place. Uh, you need to stop him. He's super talented. They have other good receivers, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, but Jamar Chase is the one that scares you. Um, and then the Jets' offensive line against the Bengals' D-line. and Their D-line hasn't gotten the pressure they usually do, but they have a guy like Trey Hendrickson and DJ Reader and they have some talent on that line and the Jets online showed some progress. Uh, yeah. Joe Flacco cannot operate when he's getting pressured a lot. So they, they need a, they need to get their job done up front. So the Jets will win the game. If, if they will win the game, if Joe Flacco doesn't turn the ball over and they get some sacks on Joe Burrow. Okay. Simple I like enough. that. Yeah. Do you want to get, do you want to wait till the end to give your prediction or, or you want to, I'll, I'll, I can give, give that now. now. I, Okay. So I, I've been going back and forth all week. I, I do. I go on this like radio show on Tuesday. They always ask me for a prediction. It's always way too early in the week, but yeah. I did predict the Jets winning. I'm going to stick with it. I'll say, uh, okay. I'll say Jets, uh, 23 Bengals, 21 close game. All right. All right. Well, we have our picks at the end of the show, but first yeah. we're going to get to some mailbag questions because we got a lot of good submissions. Yeah. Um, 
So let's start with some offensive line talk because, you know, that's my favorite. Um, this question comes from King Lampard four on Twitter. What's going on with Dwayne Brown? He got injured and secrecy and there's no update in press conferences about his progress. Do you think he ends up coming off IR or is this, or is there more to the, what we're being told? And the new IR rules this year is only eight players can come off IR and it's after four weeks, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so. after four weeks. Yeah, so next week would be the the four week mark. Same as Zach Wolf said. I don't think Dwayne will be back quite yet. Um, you know, it's so a good question. Back. Yeah, is he coming back? Is the question. I I meant to ask this to Robert Salo yesterday, and I honestly forgot. I saw Dwayne in the locker room. So okay. if he was like you know just retiring and done, I don't think we'd still see him around the team as much. So I I think the hope is that he comes back at some point. It, it will be an interesting thing because if and when he does come back, which I I don't know a timeline honestly. I don't think it'll be right away. Uh, they have to decide if they want to put him back in the lineup or if they want to keep rolling with Max Mitchell and George right. and keep moving. George, George is just getting comfortable left tackle again. So right. um, and he, he's made comments about moving. Yeah. So. But at the same time, Brown is like their highest paid offensive tackle. So right. Right. But if you want to develop very, Max Mitchell. Yeah. And I mean, Mitchell's making progress. And yet best right. case scenario is that Mitchell is good for 17 games. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't really have an answer about what's going on there. Uh, when solid talks again on Friday, I'll try and ask that. Okay. Well, this next one comes from Game Time 41. With the lack of pressures and sacks, do you think Coach Sala will dial up more pressures this week for Cincinnati? I know it's not his style, but nothing is worse for a struggling O-line than bringing extra guys, especially since our corners have shown they can hold their own in man. Yeah, that, I think that's going to be the the question of the day. I I don't they don't tend to like uh, change what they do most weeks in in Sala's scheme, and I. I think they, I think they believe that Carl Lawson is getting into his groove, and uh, you know, Kuhn Williams is a little banged up right now. But so I, I think they believe that their often their defensive line is going to be able to create pressure on their own against this Bengals O line. I, we'll see if that's accurate. I don't know who the blitzers would be, um, you know, because they they do have some issues at safety, and I don't know about their linebacker group in terms of blitzing. Maybe Quan Alexander is pretty athletic. Um, so yeah, I, I still think they're going to go with what they know. I, I think. Some of the numbers are skewed because of the teams they played the last two weeks. Like the Browns were getting the ball out quickly, screens, um, and they run the ball a lot. The Ravens run the ball a lot. So there wasn't really a lot of opportunity for pressure. So I think we'll see this week what what the defense is really going to look like this year. All right. Our last one today, because we're kind of on a clock. Yeah. Um, you gotta I'll answer get, some on Twitter to make up yeah. for it. <laughs> you got you to gotta get to practice. Um, and we still have our picks. And we have our guest picker, Taylor, joining us very shortly. So excited about that. But this last one comes from Jets fan Nick. Is five and four as a minimum reasonable before the bye week for the Jets? Uh, I, I think that's a very optimistic uh, outlook. Yeah. Um, let's let's see. So before the so they have Bengals, Pittsburgh, both pretty winnable games. Miami looks pretty good. At Green yeah. Bay is always hard, no matter what you think about the Packers this year. At Denver is hard, uh, even though the Broncos look like a bit of a mess. Patriots are beatable. The Buffalo Bills are not. So, I mean, is five and four realistic? I, I think it is. I, do I think they're going to go five and four? I do not. I still think this is like a seven win team. So, okay. I would I would not predict five and four, but it also would. What would you like, I, I think. I think we went over this last week, right? Yeah, I probably yeah. go the other way. Four and five, maybe. Okay, uh, is what I would say. Yeah. Okay. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, let's get to our picks. And it's it's not been too great for a lot of us. Um, <laughs> I had a good week. Yeah, so you had a good week. So let, let's welcome in Taylor, who is our guest listener picker this week. So Taylor, thank you so much. Hey, for Arizona us. shirt. That's yes. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Down, man. yeah. <laughs> went from Maryland to Arizona. We got to we got to satisfy Tim next week, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll need the Syracuse. Um, so Taylor, First of all, we knew that you were going to be great for this because you said, well, I don't really make picks, but I can't be worse than Connor. That's what you told Tim. <laughs> so we're like, you know what? That's the way to our hearts. Yeah, this is great. But we've seen you in the chat um, for the past few years. Loyal listener. What's your Jets story? How long have you been a Jets fan? And thanks for being such a loyal listener for the show. So I've been a fan, I think, my entire life. Uh, my grandfather has had season tickets since before I was born. Wow. Um, so there's pictures of me as a baby at the stadium. Wow. Um, yeah. So I've been I've been around a long time. Um, seen a lot of things. <laughs> Some good, mostly bad. But yeah, it's, it's been a long journey. But happy to be here. Awesome. I, by the way, I saw, I saw you asked in the chat. I think that was you. If I was there for the the Hill Mary game, the Arizona yes. Cal game, I was there for that. That was probably one of the craziest games I've ever covered. <laughs> oh God, yeah, man. I yeah. remember that just like sitting in because I was still a student. At U of A back then, so I remember just like standing on the bleachers, just like freaking out when well, that happened. So all the all the fans had left the game early too, so like the crowd was like pretty empty. <laughs> That's how it happens. I Arizona. didn't. Well, <laughs> see, like I'm used to like bad football games where we're losing pretty badly and staying the whole time. <laughs> Jets Loyal and Arizona. Fan, fo- like Jets and Arizona football. That is pretty tough. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the 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 Kevin Sumlin Adam Gase combination. Was oh man, that was a rough bad. rough stretch for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Well, well, we appreciate a loyal fan. So last week it was a big week for Zach. He went two for three with he had the Jets and the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Me, Tim, and two Dan. Two comebacks, by the way. Yes, yes. Big big week for you. Me, Tim, yeah. and Dan were one for three. Um, I'm not doing too hot to start the year. I think I'm uh one of six so far. So yeah, I'm I'm Yikes. hoping slow and steady, you know, like <laughs> that turtle philosophy. But um we love turtles, yeah. Taylor is going to turn things around for the listeners, I think, this week. So, Taylor, do you want to start with your picks? All right. I will start, but that's a lot of pressure to put on me. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, pick one. um, I'm taking the Chiefs at minus five and a half. Also, I looked at these lines last night. I hope they haven't moved since then. I have them, too. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Chiefs minus five and a half. I couldn't believe that was a line. Like, yeah. The yeah. Colts have looked terrible. Like, exactly. That's my whole thing. Like the Colts look like garbage. They got the crap kicked out of them by Jacksonville last right. week. Um, it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah, Mahomes is still very good at football. Right. Like <laughs> I think that's an easy slam dunk uh line to take. So we all have that. All three of us yeah. have that. Okay. Tim does okay. not have that, but there he goes. <laughs> all right. Hopefully we're on the right path with that one. Okay. I was gonna say great minds think alike. And then yes, but I don't know. I'm not doing too well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so second one, I have Jacksonville at plus seven. Okay. Um, so it might be a little bit more of a hot take, but 
I think Jacksonville is looking a lot better than years past, especially, you know, after this Urban Meyer disaster and now they have a real coach. Yeah. Um, they're looking a lot better. You know, like I said, beating the tar out of the Colts. Um, Trevor Lawrence is looking better. Uh, all their free agents seem to be kind of working out this time. Um, and on top of that, they're playing the Chargers, who, while are a very like are a good team on themselves, um, you know, Herbert has that rib injury. So yeah. I think like you know maybe if we start getting Josh Allen, the pass rusher, Trayvon Walker, our old friend Foley Fatukasi, they start hitting him, get to him a little bit. He might start thinking about it, start changing the way he plays. I don't think Jacksonville necessarily wins that game, but I think they can cover the plus seven line. I like it. I like it. Yeah, Herbert looked that poor guy looked terrible at the end of that game. He was hurting. Like, so, so I mean, I guess they had the the short, the long week, but yeah, yeah I, I don't know. That was, I mean, he had the good throw, but he, he, he was, he was really looking like he was in some pain. So I like that. Pick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so lastly, I have the Rams at minus three and a half against the Cardinals. Um, you, you, you had the, you had the same exact three picks as me, so I'm going to change up one of my Really? <laughs> the Arizona, man. It's like quality <laughs> education. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's um, honestly pretty impressive for all yeah. the games for you guys to have the same three yeah. picks in the same ways. Like, So, so I'm going to change it up, and I'll pick a different one for one of my picks. <laughs> I'm sorry to ruin your picks. No, you're good. No, you're I good. like it. <laughs> anyway, um, so I picked the Rams because um, I don't think the cards are necessarily like a very good team. Um, yeah, they had that miraculous win last week against the Raiders, but I think that had a lot more to do with the Raiders kind of choking it away than the Cardinals necessarily being good. Like, yeah, they seized their opportunities, which like good on them, kind of like the Jets did last week, but they needed a lot of kind of like magic and unsustainable type of plays. Like that like 15-second two-point conversion that took forever. They needed like a defensive TD to kind of seal it and seal the win. Um, so I just don't think that's like sustainable and that they can keep doing that. And especially against the Rams who are a better team than the Raiders and they're kind of used they're they've been a winner for a while now. So they're used to playing with a lead. I don't think they're going to choke it and kind of fumble away the win like the Raiders did. Obviously I think those are good picks. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so I guess since Zach had like the same one, Zach, what's your one that you're going to change? Yeah, the one, so I'm going to, I'm going to sub out the Jaguars one and I'm going to plug in lions plus six. Um, they're, they play, they're, they're playing the Vikings. The lions have looked pretty good. Um, they're, they have been pretty competitive. I, I think the Vikings uh, looked pretty bad in the Eagles game. I though I'm high on the Vikings this year, as you guys know. Um, but yeah, so I'll go lions plus six. And then I, uh, I'm going to stick with the, Chiefs minus five and a half and the Rams minus three and a half. All right. Well, I also had the Chiefs minus five and a half. Um, like we said, I am going to ride with the one win that I've got correct so far over the past two weeks. And that is the Eagles um, and mm -hmm. Eagles minus six and a half at commanders. I think they're going to want to get after Carson Wentz. And I do not believe in Carson Wentz with that Eagles defense. So I'm going to, the Eagles looked good on Monday mm -hmm. night. They looked, Jalen Hurts yeah. looked really, really yeah, good. Yeah, they're, they're a problem, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to go Eagles minus six and a half at Washington. And then this was, this was a, I wasn't sure, but the Panthers, I don't know what's going on with the Panthers. I think Matt Rule's almost on his way out. So I'm yeah. going to go Saints, Saints minus three. Um, I, I just think like that one is the Panthers are slow. 
very close to yeah, it might, might be the final nail in the coffin for him if they get killed or something yeah right right so we'll see uh, if it what monday could turn into for matt roll the panthers you want, but, you want um, to share uh, tim's picks too yes yes so i have so tim is off on vacation so um but he still submitted his picks so he is actually picking the browns minus four and a half versus the steelers he's got the 49ers minus one and a half versus denver and the raiders minus two and a half versus the titans so all different picks than than what we had thought um but yeah i uh i'm hoping this is a better week for all of us i I think it could be (laughs) I want to continue my upward trajectory. This is, that was a big week for me going two and one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what so, are the listeners doing overall? The listeners, the listeners are not doing are, great. Yeah. No, the listeners have the same record Thanks. as me. The listeners okay. are, are are one for six. Having Connor so. help week one did not help their cause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Help. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we we appreciate the uh, the Taylor's Connor slander, <laughs> but um, <laughs> Taylor, do you have any predictions for the game this weekend? Uh, um, I don't know because I feel like because when I was looking at the lines, like I thought about the Jets, I'm like, oh, maybe we can do this, but like, you know, the Jet fan in me was like, to quote fellow Jet fan Rich Eisen, the trap door is coming. <laughs> I'm just looking for it, and that just it's a great way of putting it. I think we can. I think we have a chance against the Bengals, but it's all going to depend on like, uh, kind of like you guys were saying earlier in the show, like getting to burrow hitting him a lot um and just kind of keeping up on offense i mean i think it's i think it's we've got a chance but i i, I don't want to say we're going to win right off the bat but maybe we'll cover the line yeah you know, maybe that will be that kind of game where, where we're close you know like those those competitive games we've been talking about moral victory game. yeah well we've been saying as fans we want to be competitive into the fourth yeah. quarter for sure. yeah. I think this will be one of those games where we're competitive into the fourth quarter and then maybe we lose to like Jamar Chase being Jamar Chase and being really good at football. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think next week of the Steelers is a better chance though. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Thanks well, for Taylor, coming on Taylor. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you for having me. And if you guys want to be our next guest picker like Taylor, please be active in the chat message us on Twitter Taylor has been, I mean, I've seen Taylor's comments on YouTube for probably the past yep. two years now at this point. So, um, yeah, we want to hear from you and we can't wait to to have some new guest pickers and hopefully Taylor sets a new trend of maybe going three for three this week. We'll yeah, see. get the get the listeners back on track. Yes, exactly. So, Zach, any final words before we get you to practice? Uh, free Chris Strebler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh man, can you imagine if I guest hosted this podcast and we didn't talk about? Yeah, I know that would have been. I mean, we can't do. I can't do another God. apology. That took a lot out of me. So. Right, I would all weekend. I'd have to think about that. So, but yeah, ice coffee's yeah. better. Uh, Connor is the reason. If they lose and if they win, you can say that I'm the good luck charm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you guys all for listening. We will have a full recap after the Bengals game. And if you want to read all of Zach's great writing and all of our other great writers across all sports at The Athletic, you can do now. You can do so now for just $1 a month by going to theathletic.com slash can't wait. Thank you guys all for listening and have a great weekend.